Hi guys and welcome to Charger Vibrator. My name is Hannah DePriest and I am super thrilled to have a guest with me today, Michaela White. She is one of my really, really close friends. She's an awesome person. Um, she has a lot of great experience and perspective. And uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Michaela? Say a couple of cool things about you and we can get started. Okay, hi. Um, my name is Michaela, 19. Um, I really like spaghetti. Oh, <laughs> I love my friends. Perfect. Me and Michaela both love spaghetti, so that's important. Um, so Michaela definitely speaks up for people of color. She goes to a school that's primarily white, and she definitely uh, faces a lot of challenges, but she is such an advocate, and I'm really excited to hear her perspective because today we're talking about consent which is something that both of us are very, very passionate about. Um, but first thing I need to remind you to do is plug in your vibrator. You need to charge your vibrator during this podcast so that by the time you're done, you can use it. All right, let's get started. So like I said, we're talking about consent today. Um, so to me, consent is just making sure that both parties or all parties, depending on how many people are a part of your sexual experience, are 100% invested and enthusiastic and they are willing. Um, so that's what consent is to me. How about you, Michaela? What would you describe consent as? I think consent is just like your like vocal ability to like say yes and like your non-vocal ability to like say no. Like I think like, you know, consenting is like, you know, like, yes, like I want to do this. And then like, you know, like active consent is like exercising your right to say no as well. Absolutely. I love that. Just being able to say what you feel and having your decision respected. It's so important. Um, Michael and I are both victims of assault uh, as teenagers and as children, and um, we both are very, very passionate about consent. Um, that's one of the reasons I had her on today. The other reason is because she's just a gem. Um, so first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to discuss some things that I gathered from statistics on my Instagram. For the record, if you're listening in for the first time right now, my Instagram is Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, DePriest, D-E-P-R-I-E-S-T, 99. You can hop on there on my stories. I post sexual ed information daily as well as polls and just straight up facts. I'd love to have you there. And uh, if you want to participate or DM me any questions or suggestions that you'd like to hear, let me know. I am always available. All right. So... First thing we're going to talk about here is the stats I got about two months ago when I asked about consent. I wanted to ask about it in a way that I wasn't sure people had heard it before. So I asked if the people that follow me thought that married couples can assault each other. Uh, what do you think about that, Michaela? I definitely think that like married couples can assault each other just because you're married doesn't mean you have 100% authority to just take anything as you please. Consent is still an essential part of marriage. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And luckily, 91% uh, of the people who uh, responded to this poll agreed and said that married couples can assault each other. Um, it's important to remember, guys, that assault is something that can happen to anyone and consent is not always ongoing you need to continually get consent and make sure that your partner is interested marriage isn't a continuous consent um, i know my husband and i are very passionate about making sure that both of us are really in the mood to do things when we do things neither of us are too tired or just don't feel like it because then it's not fun and it can start to cause problems 
So please, 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 if you're married or if you're in a long-term relationship with someone, uh, still ask for consent. It's always important. It never stops being important. So the next thing I asked uh, was if someone nods, grabs a condom, or lays down, is that consent? Do you think it is, Michaela? I think it, like, really, like, depends on, like, the person. Like, like if, like, you, like, in a situation, like, where, like, maybe you, like, feel like that's, like, obligatory, then I would absolutely say no. But, like, I know that, like, not everyone is verbal with their consent in some situations, so I definitely would say it's situational. Absolutely. I agree. I try to stay on the side, generally, of yes is the only consent. Unless someone says, yes, I would like to have sex with you, is not consent. But if you have pre-established rules or, you know, communication where you say from the get-go, hey, if I am laying on the bed in a certain position and you come in, I do want to have sex with you. But I will always say it's so important to just double check. It doesn't hurt. It takes three seconds. Say, are you sure you want to do this? They say yes or no, right? Mm -hmm. It's just that easy. Um, which is great because 82% of people that responded to that poll said that um, those things aren't consent unless it's already been clarified. Um, so the last thing I said is, or I asked my followers, was if somebody is intoxicated, can they give consent? What do you think about that? Absolutely not. If you're not aware enough to be in control of all your senses, then you're absolutely not 100% in control of giving active consent. Absolutely. I agree. If you can't drive a car, you should not be able to create a child. Like, 100%. If you are not capable of driving in a straight line, you're not capable of deciding whether or not you want to have someone else inside you. Um, Definitely, if you have agreed to consent beforehand and you have plans, definitely still check in. And it's a very fine line. Um, I think that alcohol can be really tricky when it comes to sexual interaction, but it's definitely to each their own. But if someone is drunk at a party at a bar and you come on to them and they say yes, that is not fair. Um, I know when I was assaulted, I was drinking alcohol and I had drunk way too much to the point where I know I wasn't strong enough to fight back. And that's not fair. Um, It's something that I'm super passionate about, making sure it doesn't happen to other people because you should be able to make decisions, and not have somebody else take them away from you. All right. All right, perfect. Um, So we're just going to go over some stats. I'm going to talk about it from our perspective. Um, So I I got my statistics from the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, and these are updated as of 2020. I can put that link in the comments below, but I would like to go over a couple of them. So the first one is that every 73 seconds, a person in America is sexually assaulted. Do you find that hard to believe, Michaela? I absolutely don't find it hard to believe. I think it's like crazy that the number is so high, but I'm not surprised. I agree. It's. I think when I was little, I would have been a lot more shocked. But now I feel like almost every girl I talk to um, and some guys I talk to even And we will discuss that men also get assaulted, but it is primarily women. In fact, 9 out of 10 rape victims are female. Um, And this is a female-centered podcast, so please keep that in mind as you're listening. We do care about our male listeners and absolutely uh, our stand with them for any assault that's happened to them. But we do want to discuss females mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, But most of the females that I know that I've spoken to have had assault of some kind, whether it's being flashed, being touched, being assaulted, 
by someone completely being raped, anything like that, um, it's happened to most women. And so that doesn't really shock me. Right. Um, how about this one? Only five out of every 1,000 assaulters end up in prison. What do you think about that? This also doesn't surprise me. I think the system in general is really broken and we've made it where a lot of the time with whether it be money or socioeconomic class and just other things that people get away all the time. So it's not at all hard to believe that a lot of people get away with what they do. Absolutely. And it kind of goes back to the whole victim blaming situation. I know uh, I was terrified when I was assaulted to go to the cops because I was drinking underage. So I never said anything. And I always I always think about that. And I wonder what would have happened if I had said something, if I had gotten in trouble for drinking underage. But someone did something to me that is not fair, that is illegal and has caused me harm for the rest of my life. And I I just absolutely hope that anyone listening to this who's been assaulted knows that there are other options besides the police. You can out your rapist. You can do other things to stop them from getting to hurt other people. Um, I'm not going to openly say on a podcast that I'm anti-law enforcement, but I'm not the hugest fan, um, just based off of everything, (laughs) everything that they do. So I know Michaela stands with me on that one. Um, And generally speaking, when someone is assaulted and they go to the cops, there is that victim blaming. There is, what were you wearing? Uh, Were you drinking? Uh, Did you lead them on? And that's also not fair. What do you think about that, Michaela? I definitely think like victim blaming is a very real thing. When I was assaulted, I was a lot younger. So I personally never had that experience, but I definitely have had friends who have gone through it and have been like blamed. I had a friend who was drinking and ended up getting um, raped by multiple guys and she had gotten blamed for it when she went to the police. That is absolutely traumatic and the opposite of what we women deserve to be responded with when when we have something so traumatic happen. And it breaks my heart. It absolutely destroys me to know that there are women who are told that it's their fault. Um, As somebody who studies sexual therapy, um, I discuss with a lot of people who have been assaulted or who have had traumatic experiences pretty frequently. I talk to them about how to heal. Um, For me, it was a long process uh, going from somebody who had such a traumatic assault experience to somebody who is so sex positive. And and I'm very open about the fact that I love sex. I think it is so healing and bonding. Um, But I talk with people all the time who have not gotten to that point. And um, I want to ask you, Michaela, how do you feel about that? Being someone who is a victim of assault, how do you feel about the idea of being sexually active again? Does that scare you? It definitely scares me. It's, like, really hard. Like, I've definitely, as a result of it, become really reserved. And it's taken a long time just to be able to, like, trust people in general, like, physically and just emotionally, let alone, like, the male issues. So, like, honestly, to this day, like, the thought of, like, being sexually active, although knowing in thought it's a beautiful thing, like, what I feel, it's absolutely a petrifying and terrible feeling. I agree. There are times when sometimes a guy stands behind me in a grocery store and I get anxious 
Or I walk through a parking garage every day when I go to work. And for those of you who don't know, parking garages and stairwells are hugely, hugely popular for being scenes of assault. They're private, they're dark, and there's a lot of places to hide. So please, women uh, especially, be very, very careful when you're walking through those areas. But I get very anxious when I walk through the parking garage into my job. Um, And I would always recommend, just as a side note, to to carry with you tasers or pepper spray um, or even just a blunt object, hold your keys out, something like that, because it's a scary world. And we just read those stats every 73 seconds, you know, nine out of 10 women. Please be careful. We can help spread this knowledge and make sure that this happens less and less. And the most important thing, the last thing I really want to talk about with Michaela today is how to stop this from happening, because this isn't new. Assault has been happening since biblical times, and it's still happening today. Um, But something that's kind of been consistent is that women have been taught to be modest as opposed to men being taught to not rape women. Uh, Do you agree, Michaela? I definitely agree. There's definitely, like, a double standard, and there's a whole complete different set of rules established between both of the genders, and I think that in itself is a part of the problem. Like, you were taught as, like, a woman to not do anything to, like, you know, like, sexually attract them, but men are not taught to, like, any sense and, like, not to be, like, vulgar, but keep their dick in their pants. <laughs> yes. Right. No, absolutely. Go off. That is so important. I think uh, part of my big movement as a sex therapist student is breaking the cycle um, as this next generation, whether you are in your 30s or you are 12 years old and listening to this, you are in that window where you were probably raised by parents who didn't talk to you that much about sex. And we want to change that. If you're having kids, if you're going to have kids, if you have little ones now, break the cycle, talk to them, teach them proper names for their genitalia, teach them, you know, how to feel pleasure. Like, obviously, don't be sexual with your children, but mm-hmm. teach them how to be sexual. Pleasure-based sex education is vital to growth. And teach your sons not to rape women or men. Teach your sons not to rape in general. Teach your sons about consent. And also, teach your daughters about consent. There are definitely a good number of female assaulters out there as well. And we do need to keep that in mind. I know we keep things very uh, simple in this podcast sometimes, but teach everyone about consent. Your sons and daughters need to know how to give consent. They need to know how to receive consent, and they need to understand what consent entails. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to add on, Michaela? No, I definitely, like, agree. I think that, like, once we, like, break down the stigma, because there's definitely a stigma around just sex in general, so I think there's a lot of stigma coming, like, like coming around it, like, when it comes, oh, I'm starting so much, like, in regards to consent and like once the stigmas are broken down with like both genders like I think that that's like where we'll be able to have proper sex education I also think too like when parents like go about sex education not treating it like a joke or like it's anything to be weird and ashamed of like if reproduction is like a beautiful thing it's a very like beautiful thing that we've been blessed with the opportunity to do so I don't get like why it's like treated like a joke or it's like taken lightly or it's just something that people are so uncomfortable with that they just don't address it like at all also teaching consent from an early age and not just sexual consent consent in general like you like especially like for like young girls like you're taught that like you like your no is like rude you're not rude or impolite for sticking up for yourself and respecting your own boundaries and respecting your own space and teaching children that early on so they don't grow up thinking 
that, oh, like, I'm a bad person, like, if I say no, and then getting bribed into saying yes, because you don't want to be mean. You're not mean for doing, like, what's right and doing what's right by you. I could not have said that better myself. That is a perfect note to end this on. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. Anybody who's interested in messaging Michaela, she is a wonderful person and a great resource if you want more information um, on really anything. She loves the same stuff that I do, and I will probably have her back on this podcast uh, sometime soon. Her Instagram is Michaela McWhite. I'll put that spelled out in the notes below. Uh, please uh, share this podcast with anyone that you think needs to learn a little more about consent, which is everyone in the world. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts back. And if you have any questions, like I said, you can DM me at Hannah Depreece 99 Thank you so much for joining us today on Charger Vibrator. And uh, we hope to see you next week with a vibrator that needs charging. All right. <laughs>